The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the what will change us and or will we mess up of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who, in a world of wreckage, is lost and found. Josh, how are you doing this evening? I am okay. I'm doing do good. You have, do you have frozen peas close at hand? No, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> but we're past that part, so so now it's just, I don't even know. It's just. Uh, <laughs> so I think most, many, <laughs> I th- I'm going to go ahead and say that many of our listeners will probably understand that reference. Uh, yeah, probably. What did they say? Men of a certain age. Yes, men of a certain age will <laughs> understand that reference. So, so well, I'm glad that you're you're with me here today, Josh, and that things kind of went okay, and that you know, the frozen peas came in handy. That's always that's always good to know. So, <laughs> yes, uh, th- not oversold. It is definitely <laughs> uh, as important as you've heard. Gotcha. So, other than that, because obviously that you know affects weekend things uh-huh. the weekend weekend okay otherwise considering i mean that was my that is and was my weekend kyle so yeah gotcha okay <laughs> okay so well i'm glad that you know recovery is going okay that it's good to hear um uh, do, do you understand this the song reference here i didn't but i did google it um because i forgot to and then when you said it i was like oh i, sh- I gotta google it <laughs> Um, a band I didn't really listen to much, but I know is yeah. very popular. So here's the interesting thing. So the band is Sponge, of course. Uh, I, one day I will do like not a nineties alt rock band. I promise. Um, <laughs> I actually considered it almost was not a nineties alt rock band this week, but then when I got to this part of the show notes, it just happened to be Sponge, but it wasn't, there was not a nineties alt rock going on in the playlist prior to this. Uh, yeah, they're a band actually, I really didn't listen to much after their first two albums. Yeah. I really only listened to like Rotting Pinata and Wax Ecstatic, and then I never really listened to them much. But there is one reason that Sponge will always have a a positive, fond memory in my heart. And do you know why that is, Josh? No. Okay, well, this song, Plowed, yeah. um, was in a movie that I hold very dear, uh, and that movie was Empire Records. Oh, yes. So this song is in Empire Records, but it's not on the Empire Records soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, a low-budget movie, they probably couldn't afford all the rights to all the music. So, because this is the song that plays when they're kind of setting up for the show. Yes. Uh, and get, and getting ready, you know. Uh, and, yeah, as a result, I, I really enjoy that movie. Um, I am a, I haven't watched it in a while, and it really, when I started listening, every time I hear this song, I'm always like, ah, oh, I should really watch Empire Records again. Uh, but I just haven't. I really, I really need to go back and get my fill of Rex Manning Day. So, hmm. you know. But, but yeah. So, I get. I agree though. Not a um, 
not a band that I think very interesting that a a um band that is still active like they still release records and still tour really really regularly but i have not listened to them in uh-huh. you know any of their new stuff like literally since the 90s like i haven't listened to any of their albums post that so but hey there you go that was this week's musical little <laughs> interlude a little sponge uh interesting i have not seen this band in concert uh which a lot of bands i did especially back in that day but my parents saw this band in concert oh. <laughs> uh they actually went to go and saw i I want to say they went and saw Neil Young in concert, and Sponge was his opener. What a weird concert. I know, right? That would be interesting, though. A good story, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I very distinctly remember that they were going to this concert, and I was like, oh, they're going to see Neil Young. That's cool. And I, you know, like, who's opening? My dad's like, Sponge. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that really who's opening? And it, it, well, I'm pretty positive that is the story still. So there you go. There you go. Nice. Uh, Josh, one thing I do want to give, you know, a, a quick shout out to is, as you know, and as probably our listeners know, I am a big fan of Overwatch. Yes. I watch a lot of the Overwatch League. Um, and the Overwatch League this year is split up. And this is kind of how they probably should have been doing it for years and years and years. But they just started doing it last year. And they've continued to this year where they have basically um, four tournaments throughout the year that you're kind of you you play like four kind of like regular season games. Um, and then those matches determine your seating into this tournament and then after that tournament's over then you have another four and that determines your seating into the next because they just want to increase like the importance of other things that you're playing for yeah the dallas fuel are the team i have followed since day one um it goes back to apex which was kind of the highest level professional um play when they're team envy or envious depending on how you who you talk to um and they were really just kind of the team i was behind before they became the dallas fuel and all that good stuff and josh the dallas fuel have been uh it has been a disappointment, we will say. That's the kind of the nice way to put it, that it seems like every year they're going to be good, and then they just aren't. Um, something happens. There's chemistry issues. There's coaching issues. Every year, there's something that happens. And this year, they basically hit the reset button, um, and new coach, basically entire two team, entire new team except for one player, and then a week before the season starts... Uh, they lose their best hit scan player because he has some pretty serious back issues and he can't just even sit and play. And Jeez. he's like 19, right? He's like 19 years old, 20 years old, and can't even sit at a computer anymore um, because he's been doing this since he was like, you know, 15 or 14 for how many hours a day. So he has to go back to Korea for treatment. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, right. Well, in the hit scan role, it's a really important role. And he was their only hit scan player. So now they have two projectile DPS players. Everyone's like, oh, gosh washed up this is just not going to work again they finish the first four games two and two they get in to like the playoffs for the for the may melee which is the tournament by one by a by map differential because they had a better map differential by one um than other teams end up running through the tournament 3-0 the first two games to get to the to get to the big team like when they go play the APAC teams um, and then end up winning the entire May Melee. So for Josh, finally, as a Dallas Fuel fan, I have something to be happy and thankful for in the Overwatch League. And it was just so wholesome. It's just so like they care so much. And like when you see them play and you watch them play and when they lose, they care. And when they win, they care. And it's just really cool to see people be so passionate about what they do um and it was just really happy for them and the team and it just has been as <laughs> for all Dallas Fuel fans it's been four years of just 
just disappointment. Um, and this year seems like potentially knock, knock, knock on wood. The, the we have turned the corner now. There's still three big tournaments to play before we get to the, actually the final stuff. So we got a few months of season left here, but for the first time in a long time, things are legitimately looking up uh, for the Dallas Fuel, uh, and I'm I'm pretty excited about it. And dear listeners. I know I've been talking about the Overwatch League for a long time right now. Uh, if you have any interest of ever watching Overwatch, right now, Overwatch is so good right now. Like, the level of competition, the balance of the heroes, everything is, I don't want to say as good as it's ever been, but darn close to as good as it's ever been. It's really, really impressive right now what they're doing and, and kind of where everything is at. Uh, it is some of the best Overwatch, period, um, that can be played right now. Uh, the most recent patch they did that's live for people who play is... Nah, maybe they made a couple questionable decisions there um and i unfortunately i think that the next season the next um, month of overwatch league will be on this new patch uh, i hope they revert a change or two there but overall still some pretty awesome stuff so thank you for indulging me in my overwatch league talk anything that you want me to indulge you in josh since i just took like five minutes to talk about <laughs> overwatch league not at all i was just trying to find out where <clears throat> Boston Uprising stands, and they're not doing, they're not super high in that ranking. So, no, the the Boston Uprising, um, I, I don't know that uh, that they have a lot of, um, they're a team that could potentially be good, but I don't know that there's a lot of anticipation that they're going to be able to break out, unfortunately. Gotcha. So, but you know, but hey, crazy things happen when it comes to uh, Overwatch. The teams that weren't supposed to be good sometimes are good. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, right now they're, uh, you know, they, yeah, <laughs> they they had a really <laughs> tough start. The they, uh, you know, they played the Dallas Fuel, but also they played like um, three of the four games that they played were against three of the teams that were picked to be like the best three teams in the league. Yeah. Um. So that just makes it, you know, and then they beat the Spitfire, and the Spitfire were not anticipated to be good. But I think realistically, the next games that they have in June will really tell us a lot about them um as far as that goes so we'll wait and see well i should say no we start at the end of may again so um they should have some good opportunities there hopefully because i think they play like toronto uh and paris i think so they have some opportunities to be okay so so we'll see we'll learn a lot more about boston in the next tournament so cool all right, and with that, dear listener, we'll move on. Thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share a show with someone who you think would enjoy it. With that, I do want to give a special, special shout out to our on-air producers. Without you, you know, this this would be much more challenging. So we really appreciate you. Michael Masick, Barry Cathcart, Edwin Kahlo, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rude Data 93, Ben Moxham, Robbie Manuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Ties, Josh Borboni, RJ Kern, Zachary Adams, and of course, Horse Girl 69. We're also a member of the Dice Tower <laughs> Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. And I would remind you that the main PSVG network feed is going away, uh, but it's already going to be gone for this episode. So it's all hopefully, gone. hopefully you are finding us on the <clears throat> Dice Tower network feed 
or on our standalone board with video games feed. So with that though, Josh, uh, you have another uh, joint topic for us this week. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whew, we're going to continue our Desert Island uh, board game list. Uh, we ended at 2005, so we're going to pick up at 2006. And we go up to that. 2010. Imagine that. Numerical order. So, <clears throat> with that being said, for me, 2006 is interesting. Uh, there's a game I wanted to pick that I've never played, but I imagine it would be good in this environment. But I, uh, I, I'm going to pick <laughs> Monopoly the Mega Edition, because it sounds what? like the, the best version of Monopoly, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it is the best version of Monopoly. <laughs> it's a version. Uh, it is a version of Monopoly. It should be no surprise that I'm a fan of Monopoly. So uh, uh, this is something that I would want to have to break up the, the um, I don't know, the other heavier games or maybe to cause a fight with anyone who else is there. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's one of those games I'd like to have. Okay. Okay. What were what was the game you were thinking of? I was thinking Bananagrams. I've never played it, but I I know the general idea, and it seems like you know a pretty uh, accessible and uh, um, replayable game. Uh, I have Bananagrams. I like Bananagrams. It is a pretty fun, accessible game. I think that's a really good uh, way to describe it. And for something like you know a desert island, deserted island, limited ability to connect with people island however you want to look at it uh i think it would be a good fit it was one of the games i was considering Hmm. um plus you know it looks like a banana so if you ever get hungry you could accidentally maybe just munch on that instead choke on it and die (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm not gonna lie my partner choked pretty bad during dinner tonight and i was like oh no yeah (laughs) it's all okay but there was a moment where i was like uh do i need to help you (laughs) And I, I didn't end up needing to help her, but I thought I was going to have to, and I was very worried. Yikes. But it all worked out okay. Uh, so yeah, you know, choke on, ch- choke on that bananagram. I'm really surprised that that was the one you were thinking of. Um, I, I'm gonna lie, not gonna lie, this year compared to previous years, Josh, a little less. Uh, it stinks. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it stinks. That's a good way you can put it. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, I was thinking about going. Uh, Bananagrams, that was one that's up there. But I'm actually going to pick a different game. And this is a game that it might be a mistake because I've never played it. But I hear really, really good things about it. Uh, It is Niroshima Hex. Ah, yes. So this is a game, like I said, I've never actually played it. But it is a hex-based, imagine that, like puzzle fighting-ish game um, that... I've always thought looks really cool. Has a pretty cool table presence. Uh, I know it is well loved. That the people who like it, it you know, this is many people, or at least some people's like favorite game. Period. Um, that it is a game that people speak very, very highly of. So, you know, I tend to have this problem of getting new games but never getting to play them. So I suppose if I am on a deserted island. Um, with just enough people to play these games, it uh, seems like I'll probably get Niroshima Hex to the table. So that is what I'm going to pick, Niroshima Hex. Nice. Okay. Moving on to 2007. I feel like this is a no-brainer. Probably for both of us. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I I mean, I have I pick Pandemic because it's a great, it's a solid game. Lots of replayability. Great different like fluctuates a player count and you can change the difficulty 
per game as you wish. So uh, that's an easy one for me to pick. Now, have we ever talked about, are we on the same island or I no? I think we just kind of have to assume that it can be both of us or it can be at least, there's at least two other people with us. Because the only reason I say that is like if you pick Pandemic, but we're on the same island, it seems silly for me to also pick Pandemic because then we're eliminating, that's one less board game we get to bring with us, you know? Right, but mm-hmm. what if we both end up on Desert Islands, but not the same one? Oh, that's a good call. It's a good call. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there is actually, this is a tough year. There's a lot of really good games this year uh, that I would consider. Uh, Zularetto mm-hmm. is a game that is is well-loved. I kind of thought you might go with StarCraft, the board game, Josh, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, have you ever played StarCraft, the board game? No, I've heard good things, but I've never played it. Uh, I tried to play StarCraft the board game one time, and this was when uh, my friends and I were only into Magic the Gathering. Like We didn't really play board games at all, and we <laughs> were so confused, and we got nowhere with it because we just had no idea what we were supposed to be doing. Uh, so it was probably not the best game to kind of start with sure. uh, as far as those things go. Uh, but yeah, so Zularetto, really, really fun um, game that people tend to like. People actually really like Quirkle, too. Like That's yeah. a game that um, you know regularly you hear people talk about it. Uh, Agricola. Uh, I have a lot of really heavy games already, though, so I don't know that even though Agricola is kind of a best-in-class, um, there's something I might pick up in the future that would kind of take that spot. Yay, Foresight. Uh, Brass, <laughs> another game that people really seem to enjoy. Yes. Uh, but again, we're, we're sticking pretty heavy there. Uh, a game that I like but causes me endless st- stress, and that's Galaxy Trucker. Yeah. Um, especially playing if I'm on a deserted island, having a real-time game where I have to do something as fast as I can seems kind of counterproductive. Like, you know, I, I'm in no hurry. I'm not going anywhere. So trying to get this truck, this Galaxy vehicle built as fast as I can and hoping there's no issues with it. Uh, just, you know, I don't know if it's it seems right. I don't want to cause myself the stress. I'm on this island drinking coconut water. I just want to chill out. <laughs> uh, so I am also going to pick Pandemic just because I, I do think it's a even though previously I did pick some cooperative games, this is like the cooperative game. Yeah, uh, it's a game that's easy to teach, easy to learn, and a game that you know you really can play and and uh, over and over again and and make it harder if you need to or easier if you need to. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I am down with pandemic as well. Okay, cool. So we move on to two thousand and eight now. <laughs> uh <laughs> There's a so I haven't played Battlestar Galactica. I know this is like a top tier board game in in the board gaming circle. Uh but I do own and will be picking Stone Age because I don't think I picked a worker placement game yet. I don't consider I guess pandemic a worker placement. Although I guess it kinda is. It's more I guess group think. In ways, but um, Stone Age is a game, another game where it's just, uh, and I skipped on, uh, I didn't skip that. Uh, I was thinking I skipped on, um, uh, what's the game I'm thinking of? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh, we didn't do shit. that yet, right? No, we we did. You picked a Dungeons and Dragons game in the first. Are you talking Lords the of Waterdeep? Did I pick that already? Oh no, it wasn't Lords of Waterdeep. Okay. It was a different Dungeons and Dragons game. I don't know if that came up yet or not. Uh, but it's a similar style game. Um, I just would hate. No, I don't want to not pick it if it comes up in the next year or two. 
Um, but uh, Stone Age is just a game I, I love. And unfortunately, this was one of those games where I guess they kind of made it worse with the, the, the collector's edition. Or they just didn't make it worth the value, the new one that just came out. But that's a game that I know when we have when we do have game game days, when people come over, that's an easy one to bring to the table, and it and it's it's chunky, right? It's like two two hours to play, maybe longer depending on the player count. So, uh, but it never seems to feel as long as it is. So I think that would be a nice um, distractor uh, or time uh, user. So uh, Stone Age would be my pick for. 2008. It's a really good pick. And I've never played Stone Age, but that's definitely one to consider. Josh, why am I. Why? You haven't played Lahav, Stone Age? Lahav La La is tripping me up here for some reason. Hmm. I don't know why Lahav is tripping me up, but I feel like we'd already talked about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, you're right. Battlestar Galactica, a game that gets a ton of love, but a game I've never played, but is easily on the list just because of that. Lahav is an exceptional game. Um, really, and you know, I have so many darn like euros though already in my in my grouping <laughs> here, uh, which is tough. But I do love them. Uh, Stone Age is a great pick. Um, like you said, a little bit of a more entry level gateway pot like level game that might people might really enjoy. Oh, Josh, I might do do a, a dumb thing. Do you think I should do a dumb thing? Are you gonna pick Don't Drop the Soap? Because that's a pretty crazy uh board game that's listed on here. <laughs> oh, it is a pretty that was not what I was gonna pick. Some uh, controversial that that prison themed board game. <laughs> it is, yes. Coming out of great. Rhode Island School of Design. <laughs> <laughs> um like Josh, I can't pick Killer Bunnies, right? Like that's just a mistake. You can pick it. I mean, uh, I'm not going to tell you not to pick it. I did have some good nights playing Killer Bunnies back in the day, but I can't imagine that if I sat down to play Killer Bunnies today, I'd be super stoked about it. And I haven't played it in a really long time. Did you go through a phase where you only played board games with horrible art? I mean, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> clearly I did. But again, this was back in my Magic playing days, right? Which makes yeah. sense. Like That's a, that's a reasonable <laughs> um, connection there. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Lahav. Like I, I can't not go with Lahav. It's such a good game. Um, it, it's one of those that is in my collection. Uh, a game that I really enjoy. Uh, that I regularly want to play and get to the table. Um, yeah, you, you want to know something silly, and I don't know why this is. And people are gonna tell me I'm a dummy, but I do this all the time. You know, two games I confuse all the time, and this is what I was thinking of previously: Lahav and Puerto Rico. In my head. Okay. Like, I can never remember which one is which. I mean, the box um, art doesn't help. I mean, they all look <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> but Puerto Rico, I think, is was previous, and that's the one I was thinking of. Like, that's why I was like, Lahav, do we? No, we had Puerto Rico before. Yeah. Now I'm picking Lahav. That is my pick. Though I almost picked Battlestar Galactica, but since I have Shadows over Camelot, I I'm calling <laughs> that good. So. Okay, fair enough. So moving on to 2000 and. Nine. I'm pretty sure every year a Carcassonne has been on here. Yeah, I think so too. I do wonder how accurate this this uh, list is. So. Yeah, I mean it is Wikipedia, so it does rely on a lot of people more than anything else. Yeah, I but feel like okay. there it's... would be more games that came out in this year specifically. But yes, we are going by this list. So uh, tough luck 
for us if a game came out in this year that we wanted and it's not listed. I'm actually really happy that we're using this list though because it's actually like reasonably manageable. Yes, it is manageable for sure. <laughs> um I don't you know, I think I would say this is not, as you would say, a stellar year for board games, uh, at least listed here. Uh, and I'm certainly not picking, picking, <laughs> picking Connect 4x4. Four four. <laughs> I think there's some solid games on this list. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think I'm going to pick Small Worlds. Um, I know that this isn't, me. I know this isn't like a game that I still consider like top tier board game, but. There's so much variety in the game that I think it it definitely would would not get old too quick. So I do like that and and the randomness of the characters and and their abilities and stuff. So um, I do like that. Although uh, through the ages is a tempting pick, uh, but I think I'm gonna go with something I'm familiar with. Um, so I I would stick with small world in this situation. Yeah, Through the Ages is the first place that I went. Uh, I don't know that I have a Civ building game, and this game is, you know, widely regarded as one of the best games ever made. You know, easily Board Game Geek Top 100. Uh, it's up there for sure. Small World is a game I really like. Uh, I hmm, My partner doesn't like it, so that always makes me hesitant about it. And not that she's necessarily going to be stranded with me, but <laughs> for some reason in my mind, that's always there about, well, is this a game she would want to play or a game that she would potentially uh, be interested in, you know, assuming uh, that we would be stranded together. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that she would want to. Uh, Hansa Teutonica, uh, just actually, I think, got a new edition, if I recall. Um, and Or maybe, hmm, reprint? Something like that. Mm-hmm. And this game is supposed to be really, really good. Uh, I've watched some reviews for the reprint of it. And it's a game I'm really, really interested in. Uh, Jaipur is another really fun game. Uh, so there were some good good games from this this time period. Um, I think I'm actually going to pick Hansa Teutonica as my pick, okay? Just because, like I said, watching some new reviews of it, the remake, the you know new updated version of it that's out seems really really great. Um, but they said it's basically the same as the old one, so it's not like they've changed a lot. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm going to go. Plus, I just really like saying the name. I think saying Hansa Teutonica is really fun. So. <laughs> That's another reason that I'm picking it. So that is my pick for 2009. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to end again. Oh, not again. Why, why would I say that? We're going to end <laughs> five years later again. Uh, 2010, we have another nice, small, manageable list. And I didn't have to go too far on the list to figure out where I was going to land. And it was the first one listed, of course. I hate to be predictable or whatever but seven wonders it has to be seven wonders uh there are definitely other games that i would consider in fact um dominant species just based on like just on the pedigree of the game is something i would consider but i also don't know if i would like it like so i'm gonna stick with familiar confirmed i like it and i can play it Seven Wonders is an easy pick for me for 2010. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, and you're right there. This year, I think, is a little less good than the previous years. Hmm. Uh, you know, you do have Forbidden Island, which is a good game, mm-hmm. fun game. You do have Fresco, which people tend to really like, as you mentioned, Dominant Species. Uh, 51st State, that some people really are into. Uh, but I'm with you. I know this is our second overlap, but I'm also going to pick Seven Wonders. 
it's just a game that I have really enjoyed. Uh, it, it is funny <laughs> reading the negative reviews of it that people had when we did that. The one time when I had you guess games based <laughs> off of negative reviews. Yeah. Uh, but I really like Seven Wonders. I think it's a ton of fun to play. I really like drafting in games, I, it, seeing how people can adapt and adjust their strategies based off the cards taken uh, is always fun. So, yes, I would also echo Seven Wonders. Nice. Cool. Josh, I really like doing this. I think this is fun. Okay, cool. Well, we got at least 10 more years to do, maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more? Are there going to be more years after this next 10? Well, we'd have to go, we'd have to do 90s to 2000. Yeah, I think that would be tough. Yeah. To do the 90s would be real, real tough. Cool. All right, Josh. So what is your first individual topic this week? Okay, Kyle, did you know that there's another Pandemic board game out there that isn't called Pandemic? Well, I knew it as a mobile game that I used to play, but I did not know it was a board game too, Josh. So, Plague Inc., a game that people probably became familiar with on their mobile phones. It was also a successful Kickstarter uh, board game about, I want to say, I don't know if it's listed in here, I want to say it was like five years ago. The game uh, ended up on Kickstarter, but now, Asmodee, the big giant corporation who owns everything in board gaming has snatched up the distribution rights for Plague Inc. the board game. Uh, if you're not familiar with the board game, uh, the, vi- the video game, uh, the only comparison to Pandemic would be that it deals with pandemics. The uh, what you do in this game is you are actually the plague or the pandemic, and you are trying to mutate to keep on killing and you're trying to infect the whole world, uh, which might be a sensitive topic in the current climate. I don't know how many people in board games are going to care about that, but that is what you do. Um, It also has an expansion that comes with it, Um, but the base game plays one to four players. You can play up to five with the expansion. Um, they do say it has about an hour runtime, but basically the players represent plagues that are trying to spread infection throughout the world. And then Plague Inc. Armageddon adds new ways to disseminate worldwide diseases by introducing fungal and bioweapon diseases. Uh, players ultimately want to be the last pathogen standing. Uh, so yeah, according to... This is from uh, com. But it says, according to Andrew Kieran, head of Asmodee U.S. Distribution, Plague Inc., the board game is one of the best digital-to-tabletop adaptations around, and they are truly excited to offer it to their retailers and their communities. So that's a pretty outstanding review for a game that, I mean, they're publishing, so they're distributing, <laughs> so like they're going to say what they need to say. Uh, but it should be available uh, this month, as you're listening. Uh, it should be available in stores in May. So what say you? Is this something that you are interested in getting your hands on? Did you play the mobile First, game? Uh, I did play the mobile game. I actually enjoyed the mobile game quite a bit, though I have definitely not played it recently. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those... I, I shouldn't say the first because it's going to make me sound old and out of touch. But this was one of those really big mobile games that I felt like kind of everyone was playing for a while or there were a lot of people at least playing plague inc yeah um there was this along with what was that other oh gosh the game where you were like in an ac-130 gunship 
<laughs> what? And you, were, you don't remember this game? And you were shooting like, um, it was like zombies I think you were taking out? No, I don't oh, know what that anyway, is. Oh, <laughs> anyway, that was another game that I feel like a whole bunch of people played. But anyway, um, so... Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be picking up this game, Josh. Mm. Uh, I do think, find it funny that they're talking about how amazing this game is, and it's a game they're publishing. It's just like when <laughs> PlayStation had a really hands-on <laughs> preview that they were so glowing for Returnal, which ended up being a great game. But I just think it's really funny with like the PlayStation blogs, like Returnal. This game is so cool. Look at this awesome yeah. hands-on we have. And then as when it's like, this game is so good. You should buy it from us. Um, which, hey, I guess you're doing your job, right? You're doing your, your marketing stuff. But uh, what about you, Josh? Do you think you're going to be picking up Plague, Inc.? Any interest in this game? Ooh, I'm interested in it. Um, I think I'm done with pandemics, though. So I think it's just a bad year for me for it to come yeah. out. So, um, you know, maybe I'll pick it up later on in the year or next year. Um, I don't know. But not. I don't think I'm getting it uh, right away. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm... I do wonder, do we know how much it is? Um, we don't. Well, you know what? I can probably find out. Um, Plague Inc. Umbrella Game. Someone. Yeah, 45 bucks. That At least. Seem too bad. That's what's listed on Amazon. That might not be <clears throat> the newest version, but yeah, you can get it anywhere between. 35 and 81 dollars depending on where you're shopping interesting uh, if you go to uh endemic creations which are the people who created the game oh uh, yeah you can buy it on amazon for 44.99 i'm trying to figure out if it is the current like the new version it oh, doesn't yeah. seem to come with the expansion uh, you can get it bundled with the expansion on sale for 54 So I'm going to imagine we have a newer version coming up. Uh, but you can buy it, yeah, $44.99 on Amazon. That's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that's too expensive for a board game, but um, I think it would have to be 30 to make me consider buying it right now. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So I always have found it interesting that when you go to uh, Asmodee's website, you can if you just go to like their North American website, yeah, uh, you can just look. They have like all these like Google Sheets that you can look at that are just like the dates of games coming out <laughs> like that. And, and I just find it very funny that it's just listed there. It's like click on this Google Sheet, we'll tell you the updates, and it's not listed on there yet. <laughs> so they must not. And that's like May twenty twenty one releases. Yeah, it's not on there. So. I don't know what the deal is, but we'll 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 have to find out. But yeah, you can like download like their little sheets, like the little slick sheets of like the information about all their things. It's just available for anyone who wants it, which I just <laughs> have always found very fascinating. But you know, that's fine. So cool. Anything else about uh, Plague Inc., Josh? No, I think we covered it. <laughs> okay. Well, Josh, we have talked uh, in the past about Marvel United X Men. And how successful that Kickstarter was being. Yeah. Well, Josh, it was super successful. So successful, in fact, that Marvel United X-Men has become a top 10 all-time tabletop Kickstarter. So this is from ICV2.com. Uh, just kind of, you know, a little bit of information for people just to be aware. Uh, number 10 
board game Kickstarter uh, was Nemesis with $4.2 million. Uh, number nine was Batman Gotham City Chronicles at $4.4 million. Zombicide is number eight at $5 million. Uh, number seven was Dark Souls, the board game at 5.4. And then comes in Marvel United at number six at $5.988 million, Josh. Just short of that $6 million threshold, which would have gotten it potentially to the top five. Where you have Tainted Trail, The Fall of Avalon at 6.3 million. Number four is The Seventh Continent at 7 million. Number three, Exploding Kittens at 8.7 million. Number two, Kingdom Death Monster 1.5 at 12.393 million. And of course, number one, Frosthaven, which we've talked about many times, at 12.969 million dollars. Now, Josh, the one thing that I will say about this chart that they have here is that they do a really nice job of saying like, hey, here's the total amount raised. Here's the date funded. Here's the number of backers and how many dollars per backer on average yeah. um, it is per people. And here's the interesting thing about, I think, all of this, Josh, is that Frosthaven, a game that in and of itself is just people. When, like, when you hear about Gloomhaven, you hear about Frosthaven. People are like, gosh, darn, that's an expensive game. Yeah. But Josh, the average backer for this what we were told is entry level evergreen game, right? Entry level lifestyle game. Was that what they said? Life uh, entry level lifestyle, yeah. Or gateway, gateway, lifestyle gateway game? Life, lifestyle gateway game. Yep, lifestyle gateway game. Average dollar per backer two hundred and thirty five dollars. It's the second highest price on the list. It is the second highest. Whereas <laughs> Frosthaven is a paltry one hundred fifty five dollars in comparison. Yeah, uh, Kingdom Death Monster. I don't think anyone's ever going to touch at that six hundred and fifty bucks almost per backer. It's crazy. That game is so expensive. Um, but then you have things like Exploding Kittens and at forty dollars, which interestingly is the only game under a hundred bucks per backer on the list. But yeah, so you know, Marvel United X Men. Yes, it is. It is has cracked those top ten games of all time. But you know, this gateway lifestyle game. Whew, people are paying a lot of money for a gateway game. As you predicted, Josh, as you had pointed out, that this was going to be a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, too much to get in on it if you want are anything. You, <laughs> are you surprised? Two things. Number one, are you surprised, A, that this Kickstarter did so well? No. Okay. I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I think they uh, this wouldn't have happened if the first one wasn't successful. I don't think so. I think that I don't think that it's surprising. I think it's surprising how well it did, but right. I don't know that it's surprising that it did well. So, because that was going to be my next question of, I, part of me is surprised that this one was more successful than the first one, only because I assumed X Men to be because of the way that the Marvel properties have developed over the last decade. I anticipated X Men to be a more niche property in sure. comparison to what the original Marvel United was, which had all of the you know. MCU mainstay characters as part of it, which granted 20 years ago, different story. But today, uh, I was a little surprised to see X-Men be so popular. But with that dollars per backer price tells me is there was a lot of people buying stuff <clears throat> and expansions from the yeah. original Marvel United as well. Well, the, the second, the, when I got in on Gloomhaven, it was a second printing and that was like, you know, incredibly more successful than the first one. I think that this is, I know that this is its own game, but it kind of also serves as almost like a second edition or an expansion to Marvel United. So really what I think is 
that this is, you know, piggybacking off of a successful game. So really, I think this is all mechanics that people are buying it for, or at least a good amount of people. Like, if someone got in on the first Marvel United and they only got maybe like one or two expansions, they're also adding whatever they can expansions from that and all these. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just a lot of money. When 60 bucks is like the the doorway to get the basic game, when you're right. getting almost quadrupling your investment to get the final product, like that's a big jump. It's like buying like the super special edition video game for every video game you buy. Yeah, for everyone. Yeah. It's like the collector's <laughs> edition. Uh, so this, you know, the first Marvel United um, raised $2.9 million. So it was still very successful, but this basically doubled it. Um, really, you know, took it to that next level. Clearly people enjoy the system and the game system um, and what's going on there. Uh, is your plan still to just pick this up when it hits the street? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Or did you end up backing this based on that smile? I didn't back it, no. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, it depends. If I get, I have Marvel United, I have intentions to get it to the table. So if I play it and like it, then yeah, my, my, I'll probably just pick up the base version of this game as well and add it to the, the you know, basic gamer <laughs> collection. So then looking at these top 10 titles here, Josh, Yeah. how many of these games do you have? Now, Frosthaven, you could say you have, I know you don't actually literally have it yet, right. but it's coming. So how many of these do you have of the top 10? Two, if I'm including Frosthaven. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, Exploding Kittens is the other one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. like, have you played Exploding Kittens? I have, yeah. Do you like it? It's fun. I mean, I don't actively play it. It's okay. it's fine. It's a fine filler game. Yeah. I also only have two of these. Um, assuming, again, Frosthaven's coming. Yeah. Uh, but then I have seventh, The Seventh Continent. Yeah. The only thing I don't know uh, is if that's the one that I backed or not, because I think I got the second edition mm. similar to you with Gloomhaven. Um, so I don't know that that was the one I backed. Oh, wait, no. What goes? Maybe it was. What goes up must come down because that was the expansion one. Yeah, I think that is the one yeah. that I, was, I participated in. So, yeah. But Josh, do we just have bad taste since we don't back all these other ones? Like what's going on here? every game on here except for exploding kittens is a miniatures game so no i don't think that we have bad taste we, we just like what we like <laughs> uh south continent isn't really a miniatures game uh, yeah you're right and, and frosthaven isn't really a miniatures game but everything else on there is yeah and i mean frosthaven does have a, a number of miniatures right whereas south continent has like five like it has very very few miniatures and they're really, really yeah small. but even the bad guys in frost and gloomhaven are cardboard they're not miniatures so oh that's true so that's true. really only your player pieces are miniatures yeah so then that's very similar then to seventh continent so yeah well josh how long do you think it's going to take for another game to crack the top 10 do you think we'll have another top 10 game this year or do you think it's going to be we're going to have to wait till next year yeah we'll have one this year i don't know what's coming out this year but they'll definitely be oh top top the top 10 i don't know uh that that's t that's tough um because i i would guess we have plenty of time in the year for something to pop up but i'm not sure so I, i'll guess based on the list we have at least one a year right so maybe we don't um, get another one yeah it's only about one a year so there's none from 2019 there's one from 2020 one from 2021 i think there's three from 2018 yeah there's three from 2018 
three from 2017 and one from 2016. Yeah, I mean, there's, one from 2015. there's room for another one. Um, you know, some people squirreled away their stimulus checks too, waiting for a Kickstarter. So maybe, uh, maybe there's one coming out, but uh, I don't know of anything. So maybe next year's the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it is inter- uh, kind of fun to look at this too. That you have, you know, Frosthaven and Kingdom of Death Monster and Exploding Kittens and Seventh Continent at the top of like these kind of individual games that that's like all these companies do for the most part. Uh, and then you have, you know, Awakened Realms in there with a couple games and Come On in there with a couple games. And then Steamforged and Monolith, both who are known for making those miniature styles board games. Uh, Steamforged, we've talked about, you know, multiple times on this show about. Uh, not always knowing, you know, quality of of the game that is the actual game that is there, um, but they definitely put forth a beautiful production, and that is that is for sure. So, yeah, I, I anticipate that Awaken Realms probably would be the best chance at replacing themselves at number ten. Um, yeah, that's true. Unless uh... you know we get another Marvel United Fantastic Four by come on in like 2022 and that like makes its way on there for some reason i don't understand why renegade has a game on kickstarter right now sorry that's a little board game gripe <laughs> do you think renegade should not use kickstarter uh, i mean yeah I'm, i mean i don't think cmon should use it either so what am i <laughs> who am i to say <laughs> i don't know i just we've talked about this before <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about it before. Uh, we have, we have. That's okay. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it just. I just stumbled upon T Dragon plushies, and I have to make sure my wife doesn't see this Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that. But that. My father's work, though, is the game you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, that is a Kickstarter only game, though, right? Like that you that's not being released into retail unless retailers back the Kickstarter, I think. Uh, and that is a quite a bit more expensive game than what Renegade usually does. Yeah, uh, we will be available through our website at an increased price. So it's Renegade exclusive, but yeah. Okay, yeah, because so yeah, hundred bucks. That's a big investment. For, yeah, for, for, base. for Renegade, yeah, for Renegade, that's a huge price for a game. They usually do not release hundred dollar games. No, I don't. I, I can't even think of one that they've done right, that much right. money. So uh. that's why I give them a little bit of a flex on this because I have to imagine that the uh, capital to produce a game like this would probably be pretty scary for them since they're usually in the thirty to fifty dollar game range for for well, actually, really even twenty to fifty dollar game range for Renegade. Yeah. Yep. So interesting. But this game I see all over the place. So like every YouTube ad for me, they're spending game. a lot of money on advertising. They are, they are bargaining yeah. the heck out of it, and it's doing very well. Like it does have you know six hundred thirty-two thousand, six thousand backers on a ten thousand dollar goal. So it is doing well. I've considered it. Like I've watched the video and stuff for it. Uh, if it was cooperative, I might get it. But since it's competitive, I think that's just where I don't know that I'm going to jump mm. in on it. But We'll see. We'll see. I have a couple other Kickstarters that I'm I'm waiting on here. So, well, well, hundred bucks is a, is a little bit right now, but we'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's being watched. So, cool. Anything else about uh, Marvel United? Uh, it's a game that you can buy. It is. What is your second story, Josh? Oh, that's right. We're doing more. <laughs> we are doing more. Uh, okay. So. 
Why did I put funky uh, autocorrect? <laughs> Funko is doing what now? That's what I put. Just so you know. Funko games, uh, or Funko in general, plans to release over 40 games for the rest of this year. They just, I shared it in our Discord, they just announced a bunch of Disney property games, which actually look pretty good. Um, but I can't say that I know of Funko games other than the Funkoverse games. So right. I'm curious um, what I'm missing uh, from their current available lineup. But uh, this comes from ICV2, as does a lot of our news. Uh, so they reported their uh a record quarter one. Uh, game sales are up over 40% for the quarter. Um, so they said due to an expanded roster of titles and new retail partners for the category, they'll be releasing uh, 40 games this year. Uh, they only listed one of the games, which is the second edition of Marvel Battle World, a game that I always see when I'm going through Target with my kid, going through the toy aisle, and I'm like, oh, Marvel Battle World. Looks really interesting. $30 for a little thing, though, to get me in? Nah, I think I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, because it has a collectible... It's like a collectible game, so you have to buy blind boxes, like blind cubes or circles or whatever to play more. So a game where I'm... I'm paying 30 to get in and then I might start getting doubles and then have to worry about trading or selling. Um, not, not interested. Uh, but what they say uh, with strong sales and profit performance of quarter one, um, they, we talked about in the past how uh, Funko was down a few quarters. So it is good to see them up. The U S sales are up 39%. Um, but what I want to talk about is this, Funko completed its acquisition of 51% of NFT company Token Wave LLC in the quarter. And now they have plans to begin moving into the digital collectibles business with an initial launch in June. CEO Brian Mariotti told analysts in the comments call. Um, so the first products will have a starting price point of only 10 bucks. Great. Um, but higher-end NFTs will include exclusive rights to an exclusive Funko figure at no additional cost, which means it's just it's 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 no additional cost because it is the cost of it. Right. <laughs> like, right. What a what a corporate spin. <laughs> um, and then of course Funko and licenses will receive the royalties on all aftermarket sales. The company does not expect any material contributions to sales. Or profits from NFTs this year. Kyle, we just talked about NFTs. And I I don't know if we both had our old man moment, but I certainly had mine. Uh, yeah. This was horrible news for me to read. <laughs> and I don't understand why we're getting NFTs involved in board gaming. Uh, or gaming in general, to be honest. So I don't even want to know what they're doing with it. I don't care that it's only $10 to get into a thing that you kind of sort of own, but you really don't, but you really do, because you probably don't know how, what you own and what how you own it. <laughs> like, do I, am I paying $10 for 
uh, a picture of a Funko Pop uh, or yes, yes, uh, the rule are, book for a game or an expansion for a Funkoverse game. And no one else can have that expansion or not the limited number I have. One of ten or one of ten thousand. Well, no, Josh, everyone else can have it, but you have the, the original. original. Yeah. So yeah, you I own should the original. Frame they it. have copies, it's, Josh. It's like a stock it's like a bond. Like a s like a stock certificate. Only I have it. Right. Yeah. Right. Great, great. Great Funko. Good job, Funko. Um so upsetting to me. Uh, what I do want to see is if I can find upcoming Funko board. I should have done this before this. Releases. Tons of new Funko game releases. That's from last year. So Funko Games announced 2020 lineup, including Fast and Furious. I forgot. Yes. The Fast and Furious board game is coming out. They're also doing an ESPN Trivia Night, which is a 2 to 10 player party game. Uh, Fast and Furious Highway Heist, which is a $30 game. Alice in Wonderland Funkoverse, which I guess people will like because these games still sell apparently really well. Um, A couple picture matching games. Disney Princesses See the Story. An expansion to Marvel Battle World. A collectible figurine game introduced by Funko last year. Um, there seems to be more. There's a Game of Thrones and Wonder Woman Funkoverse set. Um, I feel like we're just going to see a lot of those forty games are going to be Funkoverse games, which I guess is fine if they buy the if they have the licenses for these games, you might as well make them in this Funkoverse. Yeah, they they because they also did like weren't they involved with like the Pop Tart game and Back to the Future? Oh, and Trapper Keeper. Yeah, and they have like a Godzilla game, I think. Oh yeah, is that um, Funko? Uh, I don't think the, I don't think so. The Godzilla Tokyo Clash or that, whatever it was called, okay, I yeah. think was them. Uh, and so I don't think that was actually you know Funkos, uh, but you know they 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 have some other things that they're doing. I it they do seem to really be you know all licensed games for the most part. I think they also have like a Five Nights at Freddy's game even potentially. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. So they they've been doing a lot of lot of licensed things, uh, and they do them at very affordable prices, which I think is the reason that they do so well. Yes, is most of their games are you know under forty dollars. So if you know someone who's a fan of Godzilla or a fan of you know Five Nights at Freddy's or whatever Fast and the Furious, like it is a really low risk, easy gift, easy way to connect people with you know properties that they really enjoy. So it doesn't surprise me that they're doing well with those even though they you know we had heard oh gosh things are going really really bad now it sounds like things are turning around for them which is good i'm really bummed that they're not going to nfts but (laughs) um you know it it is good that overall things for them are are improving it seems like which is i agree with you it is nice to see um and some of those disney games coming out look pretty good as well so uh yeah I guess I'm looking forward to their physical releases. I agree. <laughs> their physical releases. All right, Josh. So my last-ish story um, is that Ubisoft, you know, we're, we're 
a month out from E3 at this point. So we're going to start, I think, seeing more and more game announcements drop before we get to E3. Mm. Uh, as tends to happen, people get worried about leaks and all that good stuff. And we've already had a number of leaks for things that are coming out that have not been announced yet. But one of those things that didn't leak, uh, Ubisoft has announced The Division is getting a free-to-play spinoff called Heartland. Um, this is be- d- being developed by Red Storm Entertainment, uh, which is one of Ubisoft's many, many studios. But this is going to be a f- standalone free-to-play game coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox uh, in the year 2021 to 2022. Thanks, Ubisoft. <laughs> hey, that's good. That- they finally learned their lesson. <laughs> no, which I, I agree. I agree that they that is good that we know that they don't know for certain when this game is coming. Um and, you know, there's been a lot of work being done. And they talked a little bit more about the Division universe as well. That after the Division Heartland, we are getting um, new content for the Division 2. And then there's going to be also a Division mobile game. There's going to be a Division novel. Yeah. And then the Netflix movie that was announced a while ago uh, that's starring Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal, mm. uh, which is in development with Netflix. So, you know, there is this universe is something they're building out. Uh, I do find it fascinating that Massive, the company behind the division in general, is still working on that Avatar video game. Is still. also still working on that open world Star Wars video game. Yeah. And like I said, this game is being developed by Red Storm instead of Massive. But they only told us it was coming, Josh. So here's my question for you. Uh, what kind of game is this going to be? Is this just going Ugh. to be, quote unquote, the division, but free to play where you have to have like microtransactions to open like loot crates and stuff? Or like, what is this game going to be? I honestly think it's going to be like Fortnite. Really? But with the division play style. So third person, Battle Royale, um, I, you know, maybe, probably not. Probably not with building things, but probably with destructive environments. Uh, but I don't know. I have no clue. This could be anything. Uh, we literally. So I think when we're told free to play, we're definitely limited to what options it could be. And uh, I think it's nice that they learned the lesson to not make it a handheld, like a mobile game. So knowing it's for PC, I really feel like. Um, it has to be some sort of, it doesn't have to be battle royale, but it has to be some sort of mass, like massively multiplayer game. So maybe it's like, uh, Marvel heroes instead, or city of heroes, or it's like third person, um, uh, grouping up if you want to exploration. Um, but I feel like, and that might be a, a good investment for Ubisoft to have a game, uh, similar to like Final Fantasy Online, where you're just you're creating your person, and you know going through all that stuff. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Yeah. So uh, Red Storm, the folks who are doing this, uh, they have done help with a lot of games in the past. Yeah. But the games that they kind of took the lead on as far as development were the Ghost Recon series. Yes. Yes. So that that is kind of what they were the lead studio for, but they did help out in a support role or like in, in just kind of doing some work on Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4 and both of the Division games. So it's not I'm really curious as to whether this is going to be just taking what we know of the Division and repackaging it into a free-to-play model. So it's basically going to be the Division but free-to-play or is this going to be more along the Ghost Recon side and that style of game. Uh, and honestly, 
I'm actually kind of okay with either. I really like The Division, and it's one of those games that every time I go back and play it, which hasn't been in a while, admittedly, but it was about a year ago, actually, that I sat down and played it again when they, like, when the new expansion came out and then they made it, like, $3 to yeah. buy. <laughs> um, that, I had a lot of fun with The Division. Like, I really enjoyed that game, and, and it's something that I, I dig, so I would definitely try out a free-to-play version of it that is for sure mm-hmm. uh, i signed up to beta test we'll Me see too. <laughs> okay cool but i'm i'm really excited about this this i don't think you know when we were talking about what we wanted to see from ubisoft when we kind of planned their e3 conference for them a couple weeks ago uh we had talked about potential new division content but i don't think this is what either of us were expecting no not at all so so yeah so we'll see what this turns out to be i'm sure we'll find out well, I should say, I'm sure. Do you think we'll see a trailer or get more information about this at E3? <laughs> well, it's Ubisoft, so we'll definitely see a cinematic trailer uh, at <laughs> E3. True. I just don't know that we'll see any gameplay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, so. if you're saying 2021, we can, we're going to have to see. Okay, so we'll see some pre-alpha gameplay and um, the live launch of the the beta. That's what we'll see at E3. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That could be cool. Because we all signed up to do it. They'll wait. I mean, it's only a month away. So they'll do it. That's what I think. Yeah. No, I agree. So, but yeah, I'm interested in this. I hope it's, I hope it's fun. I hope it's cool. Um, Definitely a fan of uh, the division in general. So hopefully this is good. Yeah. So, all right, Josh, with that, we're going to transition a little bit and we're going to do our homework update. So every two weeks we give one another homework and then we report back on how it goes. So Josh, two weeks ago, I assigned you to play Table Banners, the physics-based dating game. As you did. And, and A, did you complete your homework, Josh? And B, what did, what did you think about it? I did um, complete it. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> That's a pretty strong word, Josh. Hate. I know. I don't use it that often. Well, actually, I use it and then I take it back, which I'm going to do now. I don't hate many things. <laughs> um, it's just very frustrating. The controls are incredibly frustrating. And I understand that this fits into a certain, I'm going to call it kink for people, because that's the only okay. way I can describe people who like to play games like this really must love this mechanic so much because I don't get it. It is incredibly frustrating. Maybe it's made for streaming, and that's the only reason why this mechanic exists. Uh, yeah. Um, because it is just incredibly frustrating. No matter how slow and methodical I tried to be, it is incredibly hard to do anything in this game. And just... Knocking over anything on the table makes me want to just quit the game. <laughs> I just, but I pushed through it. I just kept pushing through it. I was like, I just, I gotta get through this level just to see what happens next. And you just, it's just a repeat of the same level. You just have to do something different. So I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> um, but yeah, for people who don't know, Table Manners is one of those games where, at least on the computer, because I'm not using a key uh, controller. You're only using you're using the mouse and WASD. So dub, and actually only W and S. So W raises your hand up, S ro- lowers your hand. Everything else you need to use the mouse clicks. That is turning your hand, moving your arm forward and backward, um, grabbing, 
and pouring or feeding. I had to feed this lady a brownie. I had to pour her wine. I had to put salt and pepper on her French fries and steak. Uh, I had to pour her a beer in the, in the next area. It's just, in it, it's the, it's all the same every time. You're doing the same thing just with different objects, and it's equally frustrating <laughs> every time. It doesn't get Excellent. easier. It doesn't get harder. It's just the same. Um, the yes, uh, at least in games like Octodad and I Am Toast, you have mm-hmm. more control over what you're doing. There's okay. just it. Uh, yeah, you're right. This is like what Surgeon Simulator is like. Incredibly frustrating <laughs> and uh, intolerable. <laughs> so, did you actually like beat the game, or no, did you just play it for a while? I played, oh, no, I did not beat it. How long There's you play so it many for? levels. Oh, I don't know. Two hours? An hour? Oh, dang. I don't even okay. know. That's uh, too long. <laughs> too long. So, what you're saying is you do not recommend Table Manners, the physics-based dating game. Uh, no. And I also made the mistake of. I said I shouldn't tell my wife about that Kickstarter, uh-huh. and now I did. And she said, "Yes, please. I need the red one too." <laughs> so I'm just you, gonna say, you, it's, said- "You need." <laughs> um, that's all you. <laughs> it, Josh, it ends in four days. <laughs> you you literally said I need to not tell her, and then you just told her. Well, it's Mother's Day. That is true. It is Mother's right, Day, and Happy she Mother's took care Day. of me for at least the past three days. That's it's true. supposed to be four days, but you know, I'm I'm gonna give her a little bit credit. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so table manners not recommended. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Josh, you know what? I applaud you for trying, putting your best effort into table manners. And well, for playing I didn't it as put my best effort in. I put an effort in. <laughs> you put an effort in. I could have hey, played it more. <laughs> that sometimes that's all that matters is you put an effort in. Uh so Josh, you assigned me to beat Returnal. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Josh. I did not beat Returnal yet. I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> so I have played Returnal. I've played more of Returnal. I still really, really like Returnal. Uh, I did take a couple days off of it because of, uh, if you don't know, listener, Housework had made a little bit of a oopsies with their, one of their patches where it like corrupted people's <laughs> save files, and if you lost your save, it was just gone, gone. So I just laid low on Returnal until they fixed that. Um, so since I already had like less than a week to be to beat the game or a week to beat the game and then those couple days gone uh i didn't get as far as i was hoping to but i do still really like the game i i am going to continue to play it i do i will beat the game as well i just have not beat it within the time frame that josh assigned it to me in (laughs) i was trying to Um, help you out because we have so many games we do have so many darn (laughs) games uh so yeah so josh i have not beat returnal but i'm going to keep playing it until i do beat it um, because darn it, I really like that game a lot. Uh, I think it is an early front runner, um, for my top games of the year list. That mm. is for sure. Um, but, uh, there's another game that I want to talk to you about in a little bit here, potentially that might make that list too. We'll have to see. So Josh, sorry, I didn't beat it, but I, I did play That's it That's okay. Okay. <laughs> so then Josh, uh, before I give you your homework for two weeks from now, yes, I have a question for you. As as always, uh, how's Resident Evil Eight been treating you? You know, I've been off of Resident Evil for a while. Yeah. Um, well, I shouldn't say that because I played Resident Evil Two Remastered, but I didn't finish it. 
The last Resident Evil game I played and finished was Resident Evil 4. Okay, so it has been a while. Um, so I think I've tried the- to play. After 5 and 6, which was so bad, I kind of just stopped. So you're jumping into Ethan Winter's story at the second act. Yeah, I did watch. There's a recap at the beginning that, that recaps the, be- the the first game a little bit. Um, and I did so. I did play some of Resident Evil Seven Biohazard, um, but I had a tough time with it. Actually, um, I felt probably as designed. I felt claustrophobic, and I actually didn't love how jump scary it was. I was actually feeling quite uneasy, uh, which doesn't happen to me very often. Um, and I will say Resident Evil seven, I can't speak for six and, and I'm and and eight falls into this. It seems the people who design resident evil now have a little fetish for <laughs> torture. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, I think it it is effectively used in these games, but it is also it for seven. It was a turnoff for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to explain to my wife what torture porn meant because oh, uh, gotcha. we were Perfect. watching like a review for it, and she's like, "What is that?" And so I had to like, I'm like, "It's it was actually invented when Hostel came out. <laughs> like, it's just a thing that happens that where it's where torture is fetishized to the point of yeah. people getting enjoyment from it. And I don't. And th- some of that is in Resident Evil Eight so far. That being said, I'm really enjoying my time with the game uh, a lot, and. <clears throat> it is unique to my experience with Resident Evil. It has some kind of silly over the top things that happen. Um, but uh, I just complete completed an area that was genuinely terrifying. It was like PT. Uh and I enjoyed it, but it was like my wife was watching me play and she's like, I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. okay. But yes, I'm really um, enjoying how, it. How many hours would you say you've played Ooh, so far? I probably have between five and eight hours in so far. Does PlayStation tell you oh. how many hours you have in? Yeah, you can look at it. You can. Can I see it on my it. app? Uh, I don't know if you can see it in your app, but I can talk you through later how to find out if you would like. Okay. I'm, I mean, just, just uh, to find So you've played a lot I, then. I've played... Oh, it doesn't show. Uh, yeah, I played... Remember, I've been laid up in bed for the past three and a half days well you have so that's just more than i anticipated that you would say i needed a break from returnal because i kept i kept getting frustrated with where (laughs) i was dying so uh yeah i was like you know what i think i'm gonna jump on i watched alana pierce's uh 20 minutes of her playthrough Uh uh-huh so i was like Oh, this looks really cool, even though she had her darkness turned way, way, way down and complained about it on her whole stream <laughs> and then fixed it two streams later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually, and I'm also enjoying watching other people that I follow stream it because it definitely has some moments that like you like to feel like you're part of. Okay. Well, then from what I know... And I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that Mass Effect Legendary Edition comes out Friday, right? Uh, yeah, Friday. Yes, Thursday Friday. night, yeah. yeah. Thursday, okay. 
So then, based off what you're telling me and what I have heard about Resident Evil, I don't think this is asking too much, but if it is, my apologies. Uh, you need to beat Resident Evil 8. In two weeks? Okay. I yeah. think I can do mm, Yeah, I think I can do that. Because um, I've heard it's somewhere between 10 to 12 hours. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I think if you mainline it, there's a lot so. of exploring to do. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was also trying to be cognizant of, like, I know you'll want to play Mass Effect right yes. away. So, because <laughs> I was like, well, I don't want to tell you to beat Returnal, knowing that Mass Effect's coming out. So, Resident Evil, that is your assignment. Josh, you need to beat Resident Evil 8 in the next two weeks. Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you. If I don't beat it by the 14th, I probably won't complete my homework assignment. <laughs> well, and that's why, and that's, like I said, that's why I went with that based off the number of hours you said you've played. Yeah. So. So what is my homework assignment, Josh? Your homework comes from the community. There's been an outcry after our last episode. you gaming-related, though, Josh. Your, I don't care. <laughs> your, oh, home, man. your homework is to watch the first three episodes of Lost. Okay. And then you can decide if it's something that you want to watch or not. I believe it is All on right. Hulu, if you have It Hulu. is on Hulu. I actually looked it up after our last episode. I was like, I feel like I'm going to be have to watch this now at some point. So where can I watch it? And it is on Hulu. So. I wouldn't have made it your homework, but the community has spoken. All right. There we go. Community has spoken. So I will watch the first three episodes of The Lost. So that is my job. Three episodes of Lost. Josh is going to beat Resident Evil 8. And we will be back with our updates on that in the next two weeks. All right, with that, we'll move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Okay, so following my procedure on Thursday, I, <laughs> while I was laid up in bed, uh, peeing on and off, and I mean it as peas, not peeing, <laughs> taking my peas breaks, uh, I was not in the mood to game, which uh, I was told I wouldn't be, and those people were right, um, for at least the first few hours. So I was trying to figure out, I did that thing where like, my wife was in, my, in the room with me, and she's like, you know, times like this is when I miss cable, because I'm just scrolling through all our different subscription services, and I can't find anything I want to watch. Right. So I was like, you know, I'm a big Jessica Chobot fan, from starting from... G4 TV to IGN to uh, to uh, uh, Geek and Sundry's channel to uh, what she's doing now. And she did a show. She does a show on Discovery Channel called Expedition X. So uh, I believe Discovery also has a show called Expedition, but this is basically the, the um, paranormal or unexplained version of that show. Kind of think Ghost Hunters... Um, but with, so Jessica is one of the two, there's three people, but the main guy, Josh, he just like pretends to be the boss and sends these two people on, um, missions. So Jess is the person who believes in the paranormal. And then they have, I can't think of his name, even though I've watched three seasons of it in the past three days. Um, (laughs) Phil, Phil is the science guy. Or the biologist. He's like, I'm looking at this in the opposite way that Jessica Jowett's looking at it. So they have like a good like black and white dynamic. Like I see things one way, you see things the other way. And they're both so hard. Just both trying so hard to convince each other of their own thoughts. Um, but I would say it's pretty compelling. There's actually, it's 
it's uh, produced pretty well and um uh only a few times does it seem a little overproduced and you can tell they're they're being told by the producers to do things um but there is an episode of expedition x that and i wanted to tweet at at Chobot about it because it directly parallels the second part of Resident Evil 8 and I wanted to see if if she played it and if it creeped her out and I won't say what it was but if you if you watch Expedition X there's a very specific island they go to which I would say everyone would find very creepy um but yeah Expedition X it's on Discovery Plus if you have that but I believe it's also just on uh I think if you have like Pluto TV which is free there's a whole channel for Discovery, and I mean, it's probably easy to find free somewhere if you don't have Discovery Plus. So yeah, that got me through my first two days of of, of recovery. <laughs> awesome. Very cool to hear. Uh, my recommendation is, I think something maybe a little bit different for me. I don't know. Uh, but having wrapped up most of our shows recently, the partner and I were trying to figure out something to kind of watch Thought we wait for Loki and some other things to come out. Uh, So we were fans of Game of Thrones, and I was told, or many people are saying, that this was the Game of Thrones for Netflix, which it's not. For YA readers? For (laughs) YA readers. And that is Shadow and Bone on Netflix, which is based off of a YA adult novel. YA adult. Young adult novel series. Um but I will say, you know, it is going to have some of those YA tropes, which I don't think is a bad thing. Like, I'm not saying that to be um, dismissive, because uh, there are some really good YA um, novel series out there. Um, and Shadow Bone and Bone, um, but like I said, it's, it's I don't know that it's, the show is doing anything or the book series that it is based off of is doing anything wildly unique, but. I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. It's eight episodes. They're each about 45 to 55 minutes. Um, I like the characters. I think the powers and, and the world that's created is interesting and fun. The rules that of how the world works are um, kind of something that you are unpacked as you go and, and something that is um, some things that are a little bit different and unique. But overall, like I said, themes and kind of how things work, nothing groundbreaking as far as that goes but the characters are fun i really like them there's a couple characters in particular who i um thought that the actors portraying them did a delightful job of bringing those characters to life so if you're into that you know fantasy young adult style book um or show like shadow and bone i think is worth the watch on netflix i i am they haven't officially announced or confirmed a second season. I imagine that there's going to be a second season. Uh, with it seems like it was very successful overall. Um, but if you're interested, but were maybe turned off because you knew it was based on a young adult um, novel series, check it out. I had a lot of fun with it. Shadow and Bone on nice. Netflix. All right, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag all of our stuff, usually, <laughs> with hashtag boardwithvg. Uh, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social media. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or the board with video games feed. I should have said, why did I why didn't I do that? 
or our very own standalone board with video <laughs> game speed. I just I'm gonna have to start writing that in. Uh, you can find me uh, as at and as not at. It's it's a rough ending for me tonight. Uh, why so serious? That's S I R R I U S on all of the gaming things. I'm also on Switch. Kyle, where can people find you? So you're going to find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.